went to Pride Parade, wore a t-shirt yes. because they wanted us to wear a t-shirt, got a weird tan. Mm-hmm. So I had to correct, you know. Yeah. They got a phone. Yeah. And ma'am, like everybody, of course, feels hotter with a with a tan. Yeah. I never seen myself with one before. So I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, like try to keep me in clothes. Just that's try. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You've always been, I'm not gonna wear shorts. I'm not gonna wear the Listen, no. out. You can't even get me to put my ass away. That's why not even for work. Welcome <laughs> and congrats. <laughs> it's lovely. Everybody should be foam tanning. Not real tan. 100%. 100%. Get a little foam. Put a picture up of which one you got. I just and got 10 out of 10. a Target kind. Probably not the right kind. Just a jerk's. Oh, a Hergens. A Hergens. Because, <laughs> you know, she was available. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take a recommendation. Comment yeah. below. Your favorite self tan muse. Did you have the little glove? I got a little glove mm-hmm. and a little brunch. Oh my yeah. god! There was a mother at the parade, and she had these <laughs> two very small children. You know, and she was sunscreening them as we all have done and yes. need to always be doing. And she is a genius who will change the world. Maybe this is a hack everyone knows about, but like. She had a little makeup brush and was putting on her children's sunscreen with a makeup brush. That's smart. Revolution. I've never heard that. I've never seen that. I was like, ma'am, you're so smart. She was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the best thing I've ever seen. That's good. That lady. Oh my God. So now that's what I'm doing to my children. I like that. Like, so glowy, you know, when you apply anything with a brush, it's and like, better. Yeah. And does a hen love it? Yeah, of course. Right. Her queen. Yeah. He loves like, it. She'll look Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I have like a sinus infection and I've got a whole lot of crap going on. So hey. I'm like, wow. I don't want to go to work. I had to go to work today and I was like, I don't want to be there. Yeah. And but I luckily got some antibiotics. So um yeah. yeah so I'm a little out of it. So just definitely. But this is sinus infection. You look gorgeous. I don't know <laughs> what's up. <laughs> Rude. I never spoke to you. So hey. I know in real life. Hi. <laughs> I love you already. Oh thank you. <laughs> well, well let me properly introduce you. <laughs> so our dear friend Jen is here. Um, Jen is, first of all, like one of my nearest and dearest, but also phenomenal mom, um, phenomenal activist. Phenomenal. <laughs> yes. And also like grew up where we grew up, but like in a couple towns over. And understands like all the same bullshit that we understand (laughs) (laughs) um but yay welcome to the pod thanks for being here 
Thank you for having me. So like, firstly, we did all grow up in the same county in a very small community. Um, So like, I don't know if you want to share like maybe your experience growing up in this weird place that we all grew up in and like what was that like for you sure so where did the two of you grow up I mean I know Grace Harbor but where yeah we were ocean shores in the ocean shire oh you're okay you're way out there okay so um so I grew up in Hoquiam Aberdeen area I'm assuming that people Mm -hmm. who are watching this have somewhat of an idea of the geographic of where I'm coming from, because you probably have talked about it. Yeah, <laughs> at least the lore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I went. I was born and raised here. Uh, my mom was not born here, but was moved here when she was really young, and so she was pretty much raised here. Um, my dad was born in Hoquiam, uh, wow. and back in whenever they had a hospital there, I guess. Oh. Um, but he's like born and raised from here. Um, he's passed now, but, um, so I'm like a Harborite, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Since, since my dad literally was born here, I guess I can claim that I'm a Harborite. I went to Oakham schools. I went to Oakham high school up until my 10th grade year. And then I transferred to Aberdeen. I was getting bullied pretty bad. And, um, I needed to make a change. I was also dealing with um, undiagnosed mental health stuff. This would have been early 90s. Um, so we just didn't talk about that stuff. And so a lot of went undiagnosed. I had a lot of childhood trauma that happened. And so that often also was really swept under the rug. Uh, um, like I said, I was getting bullied and uh, like kids would bring me dog food to school and tell me like how ugly I am. And they'd bark at me in the hallways. Oh and my God. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty bad. So I switched, I got really suicidal and um, I switched schools. Uh, I was working at McDonald's in Hoquiam and a gal that I worked with went to Aberdeen and I had gotten kind of close to her. And so, um, we, I was like, Hey, you know, mom, I want to move. And so I switched schools. Um, things were really, really good. I had like a, a good group of kids who were like me. I was very much a tomboy. I was really small when I was younger. I graduated high school, like 97 pounds and I'm five, seven. And so I wasn't developed at all. Yeah. (laughs) I was like a two by four basically. And I got made fun of a lot for that. And so I got misgendered a lot too. A lot of people thought I was a guy. Uh, and so, so I struggled with some stuff in that, in my femininity, uh, in people thinking that I was a guy. Uh, and then I, I struggled with my own sexualities too, but I didn't realize that that's what it was until I was in high school. Uh, as a young, at a young age, looking back on it now, like I did struggle at a young age with things because the narrative was, you know, in 1981 is when AIDS came out. I was six years old. So if you were gay, you were going to get this disease and you were going to die. Yeah. So I had like had crushes on other girls and like, oh, they were so pretty and like, oh, I got the chills. Um, anyway, uh, And so some pretty intense feelings, but my narrative at that point in my life was, if you were gay, you were going to get this disease and die, like period. 
Like it just that it, it didn't. I didn't really know how it was trans. I was six, you know. I didn't know yeah. how it was transmitted, oh gosh, but yeah. I knew that, like, you're you're gay, you're gonna die. That's just how it works. And you know, yeah. the AIDS epidemic went on for a long time, and I was we were still really uneducated about all that stuff. You know, into my uh, growing up, like I was a skateboarder and I did some surfing and I played drums and band. And skateboarding was my main outlet. I played a lot of sports too. Um, but I hung out with all the guys. And so the narrative was you're supposed to date guys. Well, they were all like my best friends, but I dated yeah. them. Like yeah. we dated, but it was like, we just hung out and skateboarded and yeah. like watched TV together. I had a couple of serious relationships in high school. Um, and my senior year of high school, my friend actually that I had met at McDonald's, her and I were walking in downtown. Well, not downtown Aberdeen, but we were in Aberdeen and, um, we were holding hands and there were four of us getting ready to go play soccer at a local park. Uh, I was holding hands with my friend and we were talking about, we were, oh, we were singing, uh, I'm a loser by Beck. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we were singing, I'm a loser. Guy comes around the corner. He's in the car or in a truck. He yells out the window. Hey baby, get yourself a better boyfriend. Us being, teens and 12th graders you know we flip the guy off you know we don't think much more of it we're like whatever ignorant jerks so we we go on our merry way well what happened is the individual came back around the corner and um i was walking across the street to cross to go on the other side to the park and they had ran ahead of me um and we're on the other side of the street well one of my friends turned around and was like jen look out and I turned around and when I turned, um, I, he hit me from behind and it caused, um, basically my whole side of my body to break and give in. Oh. Um, so my clavicle split into, um, I messed up my elbow and my wrist. And then, um, he started kicking my ribs in and like oh beating my, my head. He like got on me at one point and then like they got him off of me and then he just continued to kind of kick me in my ribs and they were like, that's a girl, that's a girl. And, uh, finally he was like, oh, it is a effing girl, you know? And then he just like, they ran off and got in the truck and they left. And I, at that moment in my life, like when I was laying on the stretcher, I just closeted as far back as possible. Like I was like, chills again. Um, I was like, I, nobody's going to know that I'm gay. Like I was really, I, I knew that I was, I was teetering on the, like, I think I'm bisexual, but I knew that I wasn't bisexual, but it was, it was somewhat okay in 94 to say you were bisexual. Yeah. As being a woman, it was a little more acceptable, you know, because of like the porn industry and things like yeah. that. It was mm-hmm. it was more acceptable for me to be bisexual than to be 100% uh, queer. I identify as queer and Hershey pronouns. Um, I do her- identify by Hershey pronouns because I like chocolate. So uh, <laughs> that's why I say that. Everybody says she, her, and I yeah. say Hershey because I do <laughs> really like chocolate. Uh, so yeah i i had i was out of school for like about a month and a half i had to have a couple surgeries on my shoulder they had to put a plate and a pin in and then they had to go back in and redo it again um 
and I just had a lot of healing to do. I was really scared. I didn't want to leave the house. Like I wouldn't let my mom leave for like two weeks. Like I wouldn't even let her open up the curtains. I was, it was really traumatic and you know, all sense of safety and security that I had in life, just like out the door. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of safety and security from having a really messed up childhood. So it was like, yeah. it was pretty messed up. So, um, you know, and so back then we didn't know about like painkillers and things like that. So what, what do they give people? They gave you pain meds, you know, yeah. struggling with this, all these broken body parts and like things that are hurting. And so they're like, here, teenager, take all this Vicodin and right. you can read as many times as you want to and I was a pretty straight edge kid like I my mom worked at a substance use uh, disorder uh, it was called the care unit back then Um, but she worked there and I had an aunt who was very involved in drugs so I was like super anti-drug and then this happened and then I started mixing pills and I started drinking alcohol and then I smoked weed for the first time uh shortly thereafter that and then I started smoking cigarettes and I just kind of circled the drain for a while and I got really into uh, I got deep into the Vicodin and then then I, I got to where I got okay and I got graduated from high school I had to like cut my classes to three I had to give up band I didn't get to letter in band I was pretty upset about that yeah. uh, and then uh 10 days after graduation, I got hit by a drunk driver. He was doing 75 oh. and a 50 down in Brooklyn. Oh. Oh so what else God. did they give me? They gave me more meds. Yeah. Here's some more, here's some more opioids, you know, do some more drugs. And so I was kind of off and running at that point. And wow. you know, my life was just a, a gross mess. I was homeless. I was living in a car. Um, I was living at the back of people's houses. Um, one night, uh, I was living in a house that had no running water and I woke up to a gun in my face with the police oh and uh, they were there serving a warrant on the house because whoever, the people that like owned the house but had never been there, like there were warrants out for their arrest and somebody saw them like climbing in one of the windows one night and we didn't even know they were there. Um, so the cops came, they busted the house. There was like a bunch of weed and stuff and some people got busted and I was like, oh my God, I could have gone to jail. And I called my mom that night and I was like, I'm done. Come pick me up. (laughs) And I like, I walked away from that life, started dating this guy and we were together for a little while and then we broke up and I dated another guy for a little while and we were together broke up and then I got back together with my ex and I got drunk one night and oh, I got pregnant. Oh so guess what? Wow. This like not really sure my sexual identity stuff, I'm pregnant now. Yeah. And what am I gonna do? Coming from such a broken family, I, you know, my, my thoughts at that point, my ideology was, I have to get married and we have to get married and we have to raise this little human being together somehow. I, I ended up getting married and uh, had, my son saved my life. He really did. I mean, I, I, you know, I was like still drinking and and partying and stuff, but um, when I got pregnant with him, life just became so much different. And 
it my life became it's about raising this human being and really wanting to provide a house that I didn't have and and my ex-husband John and I you know we really tried hard to do that in the beginning so I had my first son Leif um in 2000 and then I got pregnant again which I don't really know how I mean I know how but I had like (laughs) one ovary at this point because I had to have an ovary removed when I was pregnant with Leif so like one ovary condoms pill never (laughs) really man never meant to be like oh boom I'm pregnant again with my second kid so I have my second child I stayed at home during the week but worked on like weekends at nights to supplement John's income but for the most part I was really lucky I got to be like a stay-at-home mom for quite a while and then I one day decided that I didn't want to do that anymore and decided to go back to school and so I um, in 2006 um, started classes at Grace Harbor College, two-year college here. And um, in 2010, I graduated from Evergreen and Olympia with my bachelor's in psychology and leadership management. Um, but in that time, um, I I came out. <laughs> so. My my ex-husband and I, we had been having a lot of problems. I had been wanting to get a divorce. It was a reason I went back to school was because I needed to be self-sufficient. And how was I going to do that and him not take them away from me? Right. Um, So I got really involved in, um, they were starting a gay-straight alliance at the college. Here's how I became an advocate (laughs) and how I came out. We get to the the part of here. So they were starting this club at the college and there was, and, and I'm not trying to put down all people that fall under this ideology or anything, but there, there was a, a group of Christians who were really against it. One of them sat on student council. And so they were getting paid um, state monies because you get paid to be on the student council. So getting paid state monies and they were trying to stop this club from happening. And I was like, that's illegal. And so I like went to the first meeting and, and at one point I had found Christ in my life. And like, I was wearing a cry, like a necklace that had a cross on it. When I went to this meeting, I wasn't out yet. Anyway. So they thought that I was there these people, when I showed up for this meeting, I had like pen and a paper in my hand, I had like my little necklace on. They thought that I was a reporter for some Christian magazine, uh, which, yeah, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's they're having these conversations and they're like, oh, you know, we, we get a right to do this. Well, I'm going to blah, blah, blah because of this. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, can I talk? And like, I inserted myself and I was like, Hey, you can't do this state money, blah, blah, blah. You have to abstain. And the people that were doing the gay straight Alliance, their jaws were like, what? Like she's here for us. What? (sighs) And so they voted the club in because I mean, she had to abstain. She tried to get yeah. a lawyer. Like it was ridiculous. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like it was a thing. It was in the paper. It was in the daily world. Um, wow. So yeah. And we were like, no, you literally have to abstain because you're getting paid state money. Like you're, you can't, you can't 
openly discriminate because you've said why you're not going to do this. You, right. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Discriminated at this point. Right. And, uh, Hold on yourself, bestie. <laughs> so, right, I get involved and I start going to the the club meetings and I'm meeting some new people and I'm like, oh, there's gay people in Grace Harbor. Look at this. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I get some friendships. Then I go to a, a leadership conference down in Portland and like my family's like, why are you going to this gay conference? And I'm like, well, cause I'm an ally. And then, you know, I come out and I'm like, well, you know, I'm really bi. And uh, it, it's, and it happens with a lot of queer people. You kind of come out in this, like, I'm, I'm bisexual. And then, you know, some people, they are truly bisexual. Yeah. And then some of us that are like, that's the soft, like, here's the soft landing. Yeah. But no, here's the push. I'm really this. Yeah. Um, because I think it, when you're, when you're coming out, like it's, uh, it's really hard. So for me, and I know other people that have gone through it, like, it's easy to say, and I don't at all. I, I don't want in any way, shape, or form to take away anybody's experience in being bisexual. Uh, I know that for myself and for some others that I've come in contact with, it was easier for people to be like, "Oh, there's still hope." Yeah, that they're maybe they're not. You know, they're not this way. They are going to be with a guy, or they are going to be with a girl. There's still this this hope there, and so it's kind of like a soften the blow. I know, it sounds horrible. I hope that I'm getting across. Like, no, it makes not sense. Being a jerk. Okay. Yeah. And um, and I, I was. If we still introduce like, them to the right guy. Yeah. Then yeah, they, they can still, still yeah. get married and have the kids. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, since I was married, it just made sense to say that I was bisexual. Right. Well, um. So I, I got to a point where I, I asked for a divorce and we split and started that, that painful journey together and separate. Um, and then I met someone and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I started to fall in love with this person and, and she was a woman. And I was like, I'm really gay like I am gay like this isn't just a phase like you know and just everything kind of clicked into place and then I had to come out and you know if I wanted to be with this individual so I I came out to my my step one of my stepsisters first uh in like a messenger I don't even remember what we were talking about and then I was like hey I'm gay. And she was like, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody, everybody knew but me kind of yeah. is like, yeah. you know, oh duh. Um, most people were like, yeah, we we know. <laughs> and <laughs> other people were like, what? And uh, but you were with a guy. And um, but for the majority of people when I came out, it was like, yeah, we know. And my dad didn't care at all. My mom, her first reaction was, oh, there's always been something off about you. Like, uh, I don't know what I expected from her, but that's what I got. Yeah, that's tough to uh, hear. Yeah, I was like, oh, thanks. 
I came out and it was it was really traumatic um it was incredibly hard on my ex-husband to to hear that I was gay um so you know what he had built in his art we were married for 10 years together for 12 you know um to him I was living a lie you know that was hurtful for him to hear and he lashed out in a lot of ways on that mm-hmm. and you know I um in my own like dealing with everything it was very selfish of me like why can't you just accept this? And why are you being such a jerk? But, you know, it's now been uh, 13 years since I've come out and I can look back on some things and be like, it had to have been incredibly hard to be like, wow, 12 years, you just lied to me, you know? And, and also, you know, our society looks at, you know, if you leave one gender for another gender, you know, it's for men, it's emasculating, I guess is that term. I don't really know. Yeah. It, I don't know what the term is for it when men leave women. I don't I know. know. Is there a term for that? It's what is that term? Because we, we look at men and we, we even say it's talk about it. Right? Yeah. We huh. should have a term. Well, I guess not. Because <laughs> we're just like, go get it, bestie, right? Yeah. <laughs> go get um, yours. So, yeah, you know, and so that was really tough. Uh, it was hard on my kids to understand, you know, they hadn't, I didn't have a lot of gay people in my life because the gay yeah. community is not real big here anyway, but they had really never met anyone who was gay. And so then all of a sudden, like I'm introducing them to this girl and like, we're hanging out more. And then eventually we move in and like, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm just only used to my mom kissing my dad yeah she's kissing another girl you can do that like right mind blown yeah for me too (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. so it was you know it was hard it was hard on our families um it's it's a it sucks that it has to be so hard it's it's hard on a lot of families and it really is a shitty thing um because we should just be like well love who you love you know yeah but this idea of having to come out and be like, hey, I'm not what society says I'm supposed to be, I guess. And please love and accept me still. And I lost some people who I was really close to. And I lost some family who were just like, oh, you're like a disgusting freak. Like, no. And that was really shocking to me. Some of the people yeah. that like just walked out of my life, I was like, wait, really? I figured you would have been supportive. And so there was a lot of a lot of stuff that went into that, and um, then on top of that, the girl that I had fallen in love with was like uber abusive, and it like oh no, it's so bad, it was so bad, <laughs> and it started out okay, and then it kind of went down the drain, and then it kind of went back up, and it was it was so horribly abusive for um I, we were together for a little over five and a half years and God. I would say about five years and two months of it was abuse um Whoa. it was really it was really bad it was but it was my first love I was so in love with her you know like this right. was literally the first time I'd been in love like and liberating it felt yeah. like I'm sure like 
I had loved boys before, but I had never loved a love like this. Like, this is what true love is, you know? Yeah. Chills again. So, you know, I really, and just also got really, there's a lot of gaslighting and a lot of like, if you ever leave me, my ex was going to take my kids from me. You know, I was really unstable. You're just mentally messed up. Like just all kinds of stuff. It was really gross. And uh, it took for me to almost commit suicide. I ended up hospitalized. I took a bunch of drugs and I don't know how I got myself to a hospital, but I did. And I spent some time and it took, I spent nine days in an institution and um, best thing that ever happened to me other than having my two children <laughs> because it <clears throat> it forced me to like deal with a lot of trauma that I had not dealt with and that I just kept saying well I deserve this because I'm a bad person and you know my parents were who they were because I was a bad kid and you know I deserved all this crap because I was just a bad person I deserved to get beat up because I was gay and that wasn't okay I deserved all this stuff and um you know, being able to step back from that and getting out of all the toxic stuff and, and really starting to work on myself um, was really hard, but it was really good. It needed to happen. And so in all of that craziness, I, I started a nonprofit in the craziness of my ex-wife, um, this thing called Out and Proud Grace Harbor Coalition. And so it was born out of there was a kid getting bullied at Hoquim about some stuff, um, being trans. I kind of had, had found my voice at the college. And so like, I went to bat for this kid. They asked me to come to school. I went in, I sat with the principal and the parents and a bunch of stuff. And it was not the first time I had done some of that kind of stuff. Cause I was the advisor for the gay straight alliance at the college for like 12 years. Yeah. Um, and so I'd gotten really involved in being an advocate and an activist and stuff. Well, so what did that look like? Like you're going basically into meetings with like administration and educating or like, what is so, it? So what happened, yeah. So all of the high schools had been moving away from kind of gendered um, graduation gowns. Because a lot of times girls will wear one color and boys oh. will wear the other color. And so at Hokum High School, um, boys wore one color, girls wore the other. And so there was crimson and gray. And so they were getting rid of that and moving across the state board. Um, schools were moving away from this, from that. And, um, you know, as we grow, we evolve. We, we realize there's more than one gender, two genders out there. Um, and so to be more inclusive, a lot of these schools had done that. Well, Hoquiam happened to be that year they were doing it, but they were, kids in the school were claiming it was because of the it kid. Um, it was causing all these problems and wow. it was the reason we were getting everything taken away. And, uh, so I came to the school with their legal guardian and we had some conversation about some stuff there were some screenshots we had taken that were bullying you know police kind of got involved in some stuff and kids were saying a bunch of horrible things and we grabbed screenshots of all of that stuff um 
And so the Hokum administration basically took it and ran with it. And they were like, hey, will you come and uh, do some training? And so I had already been doing safe space training at the college. And so I took the safe space training from the college and stuff that I had adapted to for the school and pared it down. And I taught five classes in one day at the Hokum High School. There were senior juniors and seniors. Um, so there were one hour trainings about safe spaces and words and what do you, what do you, words, what do the words mean even, you know, like what is it gay and what is transgender and, you know, gave some history behind some stuff and kids were, their minds were blown. They were wait, what? Um, and then I did a two and a half hour safe space training for the teachers and the staff that day in the afternoon. Um, and so they definitely, you know, they, they wanted to get out in front of it, which was really cool. Good. Um, but it, then it sparked um, some, so we started having some community focus meetings on like, what does the community need? And so we, we had some meetings and uh, then in this time, a, a local restaurant came out saying that um, they were going to have basically like a focus on the family Sundays wow. kind of thing, like biblical one man, one woman, yeah, whatever at this restaurant. And I was like, wait, what? And so we challenged some of that. And then, you know, then, then, then I started a protest. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little rowdy. Got a little rally. And <laughs> that became what we called our first Grace Harbor Pride because we had a rally. We had a bunch of people. Well, not a bunch of people, but we had like 50 people that showed up throughout the day that like sat and like waved signs and like we handed out cookies to people and um, we gave stickers out and a bunch of stuff. And so we called that our first Pride events. Um, but then we realized, no, we 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 need to do a Pride. And um so we we were like, hey, let's 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 try this. And so we created a nonprofit and um, we decided to throw pride. And our very first pride drew over two thousand people to the harbor. Wow. Yeah. Which for like is people. huge for yeah. our little community. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what year was that? The first. Well, so this is our 10 year this year. So it was 2013. Whoa. So oh we have our 10 God. year pride this year. Oh my God. 10, year, 10 years God. going strong. Yeah. And that, and we, so we were this little tiny, we still have always been this little tiny committee of people. Like it's been a board of like 10 and less. And it's always been this way. It's always been a few people putting on this huge production yeah. every year. We've tried to make out and proud different things and it just, it never kind of worked. And we kind of just went to like, you know, we're just, we're going to focus on pride. That needs to be our focus until we can maybe ever make it a bigger organization. We need grant writers and a bunch of different things. We are, we visioned having a building and a space like, and having some kind of, uh, you know, drop-in center or safe space for people. We 
we tried to materialize it a few times and it just didn't happen. And everybody already has their own jobs and things like that. And we just, nobody's had time to like put in to start one. So we've got our 10 year pride this year. Um, we're bringing Mary Lambert in. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, she did a song with Macklemore. It was called Same Love. Um, and then she went on to, she was already a, a songwriter and a poet. Um, and she does a lot of body positivity, which is really cool. Um, so we're bringing her from back east to perform at our Pride this year, which we're super excited about. And she is so excited about it. I got to speak to her on the phone and I fangirled and cried. And (laughs) it was, it was really kind of, it was cute and ridiculous at the same time. It's been a crazy journey. And, and in all of that, I, I got really, really fortunate that I found my soulmate. And um, I did. So in the the wreckage that was my last marriage, in the healing process, and they they say it, and I swear it's true, it's when you're absolutely not looking for it, does it come and smack you upside the head. (laughs) And (laughs) I was, I do drag. I haven't for dragged in a few years because of the pandemic, but I was doing drag at the time, and I was performing at an Aberdeen High School drag show. It was their first drag show ever. And I was performing and there was this really cute girl there and I kept looking at her and like, I didn't know how to talk to her. And then some people I knew were like, Hey, we want to come introduce you to some people. And it happened to be the table that she was at. And it's like, I briefly got to like hear her name, but I met the other people was that's who I was really meeting. And then later on, I was like, hey, can I get a selfie with you? And like snapped a selfie with her. Ooh. And then before she left, she was like, well, you got one with me. Can I get one with you? And I was like, sure. And so she took a selfie with me. And then she was like, um, a bunch of us are going to go out like later if you want to go. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, like we've already we're going to this this place. It's called the Easter Ale House. We're going to the Easter Ale House. Like you guys can totally come over and meet us there if you want. And she's like, oh, well, you know, I'll talk to my friends. And so go to the ale house there with my friends. She's, she shows up, she shows up with all her friends and it's seven years later and she's, she hasn't left my side. So, um, yeah. So we kissed that first night. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) And then we met again the next night at a bonfire and we kissed some more. And then I'm literally that was more the night. Like I never got rid of her after that night. Like not that, not that I didn't get rid of her. Just we we have a really super strong bond. She is yeah, um, she's an amazing human. And sorry, they go by they them. It's a, it's a tricky thing. She they. Um, they they are an amazing human being. So I I've been really fortunate and I was actually part of their story, which was kind of cool because I brought a speaker from the Matthew Shepard foundation to do a big thing about erasing the hate um, in Grace Harbor. And they went to one of them. And after they had been at one of the, the speaking thing, he did like five of them around here after being at one, they came home and came out to their mom. Ah! And so I know it chills. Wow. Um, 
yeah so I had a little bit of a part of of their coming out story so it's kind of cool that you really are like one of the most supportive human beings and that's why like you really you are such a big part of our story of coming out too because like what happened for us was that like well okay we have all this history we all grew up in sort of the same area you and I have like a ton of people places things in common but like some we'd like to forget yes some we <laughs> would not like to ever encounter again but I think you know we met at the right time you your family's impact on my family you know what I mean and like your I don't know I feel like we really have like a strong mom connection we oh, yeah. I think parent very similarly and like so my kids have just always known since they were tiny tiny that like you just love whoever you love you are whoever you are you know and that's like such a huge privilege and um and so I am so dumb that like I've just been like well everyone I just feel like everyone is you know loving whoever they love and so I'm always talking to Joe about like well everyone's bisexual and he's like no ma'am they're not like I am not <laughs> no they're not <laughs> and I'm like oh maybe just me actually like <laughs> in this household and so um when my sister over here was like talking to me about like, well, what if like, I don't know how, if you want to tell you your side of the story, but like we started talking about our gurneys <laughs> on the spectrum of sexual orientation. I was like, Bestie, I'm pretty sure I've been bisexual for a real long time. Like ever since Jamie Lee Curtis gave Arnold Schwarzenegger a lap dance. Not Jamie Lee. <laughs> and so... I don't know if we need to like announce it or anything, but let's call my friend Jen and find out. <laughs> and I think I'm pretty blunt when people tell me like, I think I'm bisexual. Like, I, so I'm pretty blunt when I'm like, oh, so you can see yourself kissing another girl. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, can you see yourself like having sex with another girl? Well, yeah, I'm like, can you see yourself going down on another girl? Like, no. Oh, honey, then you're not, you're not, yeah. you're not bisexual. <laughs> you're, you might be curious and think people are pretty, yeah. but you are not bisexual. <laughs> if that act That's makes you test. go, yeah. If you go <laughs> at that act, then you're uh, not bisexual. What are you thinking about when you're masturbating? That's why <laughs> cute. Going back. And to then there's that. But you know, yeah. so it's also interesting because I have a lot of straight friends who will watch gay porn but like mm. aren't aren't attract like i had this conversation recently with somebody i was really close with who we had this conversation they were like i think that i'm bi and i was like would you do this yes would you do this yes they would, would like someone this? to go down on them and they were like who wouldn't <laughs> and i was like okay then that's kind of a that's kind of a big thing. <laughs> everybody <laughs> likes boobies, you know, not, but not everybody. Not everybody likes 
that particular act either that are in That's true that are female you know not That's everybody true. does um but if you're not willing to be intimate in a lot of different ways with a woman then you're probably not bisexual you probably are very attracted to women and think they're very pretty yes. you know but you know i think that there are some just beautiful men. Oh, Bradley Cooper. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. Not about my Bradley type. Cooper. Uh, <laughs> Not my type. I used to see, and I just think he's beautiful. I'm like, oh, he just yeah. kills me. Him yeah, and Ethan yeah. Hawke. Um, okay. Okay. Two very different people, but Ethan Hawke is my other like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but do I want to sleep with them? Mm, no. Right. Can, yeah. I, can I look at them and say, wow, they are pretty looking men. Yeah. Right, but it doesn't mean that I, you know, I don't, and I also don't fantasize about them either. So yeah, yeah, you know, there's, but I, I do know people who, like, we've talked about, you know, yeah, they they watch porn and they're like, but I would never have sex with a guy, or I would never have sex with a girl, right? And they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting, like, yeah. Huh. So I maybe wonder, curious. I don't know. And then like, do you even know until you like meet a person who gives you sparkly feelings and then you make out with them, you know? (laughs) I keep telling Joe to kiss some guys and he's like, no, thank you. But (laughs) would you know if you- He's on his own journey, leave him alone. (laughs) I I think we need to leave Joe alone. Okay. (laughs) Joe's- That's good advice. Pretty straight. Okay. I guess. Uh, <laughs> kind of a bummer for me, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, but you never, you know, I mean, and and sexuality can, and gender can be on a spectrum, you know? Yeah. Some people, it is about meeting the right person and you're like, dude, I'm in love with you and I'm going to do you. Everything turns me on about you, That's, you know? Um, my problem, <laughs> I fall in love with everybody. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so can I ask a question? Yeah. You wore a particular flag yes. at Pride. Did yes. you do that for a reason? Yes. Because Reagan, my oldest, has educated me that I'm pan because I love yeah. everybody. Because <laughs> you <laughs> want it all. I want everybody. I do not discriminate. I was looking at that flag and I thought, is she making a statement with that? And I need to ask her. And I, I kept meaning to like text you it, but now we're here yeah. and I'm like, oh, no, hey, by the way, no, I'm, uh, I'm open to everybody. Come on over. So, so in being that, so you would be open to a trans man yes. or a trans female. Okay. Yes. Then you are, you are pansexual, my dear. Yeah. Come on over. just kidding we have to ask joe first of course okay there's still rules (laughs) so and that's for me i identify as queer and gender non-conforming to the most part yeah um so i was i was with someone who was on the trans spectrum and in 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 that like they weren't sure and so they were kind of playing around with am I and if I am are you still a lesbian and right. for me it was like well you know I guess if you're a 
you're you're a guy no I'm I'm not a lesbian because I really cared about this person and I was like it wasn't something like I was going to be like I don't want to be with you anymore like that wasn't like that we're done you know yeah and so I had to ask myself like "Hmm." you know so queer at that point then just felt more like what I am because I do I tend not to conform all the time to some of the, the gender norms um, and or um, the you know sexual orientation and some of that stuff and so it just like I I love everybody but I am not pan yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I'm not bisexual I'm attracted to women's genitalia let's let's yeah, go yeah, with yeah. <laughs> come on and like that's the thing is that like we have to be so decisive about you know I don't know where we stand, but it's like, I don't know, you know, right. It's about who you fall in love with, who you want to, and maybe not who you fall in love with, maybe just whoever you want to get it on with, you know what I mean? And (laughs) you do you, you know? Yeah. It's like, people are like, oh, there's too many words. There's so many words, but really like even the words we have are not big enough words, you know, we got to keep finding the bigger words for all this stuff, you know? Well, I just want to say, like, before we get too far in the weeds, you know, that I just love, I have never heard your whole story all like that. And so I just, I appreciate you telling us your story. It's so big and amazing. And I think it's a beautiful story about, like, the spectrum and all this, like, you don't have to be locked in or know everything, you know, it's all in stages, it unfolds, and it's perfect and it happens how it's supposed to and I think especially like raising kids and showing kids like adults we don't know what we're doing it's unfolding like we're in progress we're figuring it you know like I just think that's very cool I feel people feel a lot of pressure to be I'm this and that's projecting strength to my kids and I'm being consistent and whatever the fuck you know it's more beautiful and gives kids more room to breathe to see their parents developing yeah you know as people to become more true themselves you know what I mean like I just love when people are like I thought I was this and I was and now I know more that I'm this and I am you know what I mean I just love that so my um my youngest boy um he always like he he too never kind of fit into some gender norms for a really long time and uh very he it was so much me he just the beat of his own drum like <laughs> he just he does he just he's got his own rhythm going on in his world and um he came out as trans in in high school and when he came out um his dad did not receive it well and he moved in full-time with me and my wife Jade and um you know we did all the things we got therapy we we immediately bought a binder like we went on that day like let's go buy a binder yeah and we got a binder and like we got rid of all the skirts and brought in all the shorts and like out with all the stuff do you need boxer briefs like what do you want like we went wow. shopping and we were like let's do this swap and uh, I you know he got really lucky that he got me as a parent. I know what I'm sure. Yeah, 
but he did. <laughs> he got really lucky that he got yeah. me as a parent because literally it was like, let's get you a binder. Like, okay. And that, do you, you like boxer briefs? You want to try around whitey tighties? What do we want to do? No, you like boxer. Okay. Let's get you some boxer briefs. He was very into wearing skirts. He doesn't like texture. He doesn't like jeans and things like that. We just went and bought a bunch of athletic shorts and like, you know, he already had lived in hoodies. So that was fine. We just swapped colors. We swapped some colors at the time. Um, and he tried out different names and, you know, got to a point where he landed on the right one. And he was, he was also really vocal himself at school about people treating him with respect and using proper pronouns and using and other people respecting not only his pronouns but other people's pronouns like he was a huge advocate and he was probably the most open out transgender kid to go through Hulkwound and we changed his name to make sure because he did running start so he he got his diploma and his two-year degree the same in like the same week um, and so we changed everything to make sure that we got his name changed and all that stuff done so that his diploma, both his diplomas would have correct names, um, all the awards that he got, which was really cool because the school contacted me and they were like, are we spelling his name right? And wow. they wanted, the principal called me and wanted to make sure because he had gotten uh, an award through the Lions Club and they were like, we want to make sure we're spelling his name correctly. And I was like, yep, that's how you spell it. And they were like, okay, we thought so, but we just wanted to make sure. And I was like, that was really cool, you know? And his band teacher really struggled a lot with pronouns and the name. And like, it started with us really saying, no, you know, he was, you know, he needed to wear the guy's stuff for choir, not the girl dresses. And well, you're not that, well, no, you're going to do this because as a parent, I'm telling you, this is what we're going to do and really getting some struggle on that. And, and then in the end, like her, you know, giving him a couple awards at the end of the school year and really highlighting how he had changed her life in such a great big way. Just again, just you know her her own growth and she had to you know she had to stretch and grow and all of that and come to terms with what are my own ideals on this and wow this kid is I'm learning some new things here and and so it was really cool um and so you know uh so not only does he have queer parents but we have a transgender kid so <laughs> and like you're like the recipe for like when you support a kid you know and like advocate for a kid who needs it like they're a success story you know <laughs> like they can do all of the things you know I've seen a lot of kids through some stuff especially being as the advisor of the GSA for as many years as I was I got I was really blessed that I got to do that and I got to go to some amazing conferences I was part of when I worked so I worked at the college for 14 years when I was there um, I was connected to a program that was a national program called trio and the guy who ran that was my direct boss and um 
we got, I got to go to a couple of national conferences with them. And one of the ones that I went to, there was um, about, it was about working with LGBTQ students. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to go to this. And I went to it and it sucked. And I was like, yeah. man, this was awful. And I'm just, re- I'm outspoken to some points and then I'm not, I, I get social anxiety. I have it and I don't have it. And yeah, <laughs> PTSD and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. So the gutsy person in me went up to them and was like, you know, this could have been a whole lot better. <laughs> yes. I was like, you know, you didn't give anybody any takeaways or resources, you know, you could have done this. Like there's so much more. You had like an hour and a half with us to give us all this. We're at a national conference. Like, yeah, you could have stepped it up a little. And so he was like, I'd like to hear more of your views on stuff. What? And I'm like, okay. So the next year, I'm now their national trainer. And I get to go for a year. And I do four national conferences and teach LGBTQ stuff at a national level, too. I got to go to LA. I got to go to New Orleans, Atlantic City, and North Carolina. Um, It was an amazing year unfortunately they didn't get the grant the next year to do it um and so I didn't get to be a part of it again I was like can I just do this for the rest of my life because I would have loved to have just continued to do that um but my life would be very different I would never have met my wife and so you know everything happens for a reason but I got to change a lot of I got to change a lot of hearts and minds in that in those presentations so Teaching LGBTQ stuff in the deep South is interesting. Yeah. Um, it is not something that uh, is safe. <laughs> yeah. And I had a lot of resistance, but I also had a lot of people come up afterwards and ask for more resources and say, I, I didn't know this history behind all this stuff. And I had no idea about these different things. Um, and so it was, it was really cool. It was cool to be able to touch lives like that. Well, let me just say like, I mean, I don't know if it's offensive that I call you a gay doula. No. Helped us come out, you know? (laughs) No, that's kind of funny. I like it. I don't remember like, I mean, cause my memory, trauma, brain, whatever, whatever. I don't remember all these timelines and all these friend groups. So I don't remember knowing you before, but. I remember she was like, you need to text my friend, Jen. She'll get us out of this closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. So fun. It felt really bad when I messaged you. I was like, I just like Bleh! all over. I was like, that was a lot of information. I just gave a stranger. Oh, we, need it. we need it. I we do well with a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for thank having you. me on. Thanks for coming. Thank you.